Welcome to the Godventure Podcast today. This is Matt, and we're excited to be with Ty today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about race and racism and racial reconciliation today. And I'm super excited for this, and, and Ty is such a, a good guy, and I'm so excited he decided to jump in with us today and just get his point of view on everything that's been going on for the last very long time, but specifically since like George Floyd, and then last couple weeks with what happened on January 6th. Thanks, Ty, for coming on. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. I'm Ty. I'm a friend of Matt's. We met here at church. I currently work in public safety as a firefighter and an EMT. Other than that, I'm pretty involved at my church in Browston. And yeah, so that's about it. That's all about me. So that's good, Ty. So our verse for today is actually kind of a a parable. So I'm going to kind of read a couple verses, but it's the parable of the lost sheep. So I'm going to start out with Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 through 14. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And I think this really applies to what we're talking about today with specifically how it applies to Black Lives Matter and that movement. And a lot of people get upset with that and they say like, as far as with all lives matter and as Christian perspective, we don't believe any life matters more. But in this specific parable, it's talking about how Jesus would leave the 99 for the one. And I think that one in this situation is Black Lives Matter. And not that the other lives don't matter, but specifically right now, we need to go after that that one that's been astray. So, Ty, what do you think of that kind of interpretation of that? I think that is, that's really that's really good. I think that you know when people try to deter from the fact that you know when people say Black Lives Matter, I think it you have to look at the situation. I think a lot of it has to do with the exact situation what they're talking about. It's not trying to make you know, anybody more or less or superior in that moment. But I think a lot of what it has to do is trying to put an emphasis on, you know, what doesn't seem like it's being actual emphasis put on. And I think that, you know, for Christians, like anytime we see anyone who's hurting, anyone who's, you know, seems like, you know, what they're being, what they're trying to express and what they're, you know, trying to voice isn't being heard. Well, we're the people who are willing to sit down and listen. And I think, a lot of what the culture has when people respond with, well, all lives matter. Well, we're not saying that's not true. We totally believe like every life matters. But right now, I think that a lot of people are hurting and a lot of those people have my you know, same skin color in terms of you know, being a black man or woman. And so, yeah, when we say black lives matter, it's not it's not for us as Christians to, to look at that and say, well, yeah, all lives matter. But we look at it and say, yes, black lives specifically matter to Jesus just as any other life matters specifically to Jesus as an individual does. So, yeah, man, that's pretty much all I got. That's, yeah, that's super good, Ty. Yeah, we're going to be quoting a lot of scripture today, so get ready more than just the normal at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive into the interview today. I think it would be wrong to not talk about what just happened at the Capitol on January 6th if, if in this podcast if we're talking about this. So, Ty, would you mind giving your kind of thoughts on yeah, that? Bro. Yeah, bro. Um, so I think my thoughts, you know, initially along with everybody else, like, you know, whether you're 
a Christian or whether you're not, I think, you know, obviously we all have a moral right and wrong put in us. And I think that morality comes from God. I think in the Bible, it talks about a lot of the law being written on our hearts and that law is, you know, moral right or wrong, wrong being anything that opposes the heart of God, right being anything that aligns with it. So I think that, uh, what happened at the Capitol building, I initially, you know, heard of the news, obviously, along with anybody else who wasn't directly involved in the act that was going on, you know, thought it was terrible, thought it was, you know, disheartening, disappointing. But I think as Christians, I was actually talking to Rob about this the other day, as Christians, you know, everything takes our faith, our faith takes everything deeper, Christ takes everything deeper. I think a lot of the relationships and a lot of the thoughts of what's going on in the country were really superficial before I came came to Christ. They really, you know, ended with what was going on. I think, you know, as followers of Christ, everything goes deeper. So with what was going on, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it's sad. But more so than that, there's idolatry going on. There's people who thought they were in control of something. So there's a lot of insecurity that's going on. People made an idol out of, out of you know, the politician that's involved. And I think that when they realize that they no longer control that idol or that situation, that you know, they, they burst it out. I think our pastor, uh, PK, he did a great job at talking about this the other day, but, you know, talking about what fills our, our keep our faith filled, faith leaks. And I think that, you know, whether, you know, when the world shakes us up a little bit, whatever we have in us pours out. And I think that for them, they had a, a lot of idolatry in them. And, you know, when the world shook them up a little bit and what they thought they were going, was going their way didn't, whatever they had in them poured out. And I think it poured out just sadly enough at the Capitol building so yeah man that's pretty much it yeah i mean that's a i think that's the right right way to look at it there's a lot of stuff going on like ty was talking about like there's just so much different parts of that and showing just what's going on and what's what sin is in this world we're not going to act like we have every single detail of everything that went on but what we can see is that what happened in previous protests and stuff like that if for Black Lives Matter was treated yeah. severely different than this was treated. Yeah, man. And something I saw someone say was, we're not asking you to shoot at them. We're just asking you to not shoot at us as well. And I think that kind of speaks to like how severe what is going on is, is yeah, happening. Man. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of that specifically that like one response, because it's true. We don't, you know, as a black community, we, we're not looking for anybody to be hurt. You know, as somebody who also works in public safety, I, I trust a lot of law enforcement and, you know, daily. And, I, you know, as a black community, we're not looking for people to be hurt. When you said that statement, I think that, you know, we're not asking anybody to you know shoot at other people. But, you know, specifically just don't shoot us in, in the same instance of what was actually going on. So, like when people can storm the Capitol building, a building that is like highly protected and highly secure and somehow make it through and make it in. And the same, the same thing, the people, people just riot in the streets and protest or even have, you know, civil protests a lot of times and, you know, be shot with rubber bullets, be lined up and just be, you know, tear gassed and everything else, you know, is really sad when a lot of these instances can be just, misconstrued and like a publicly like you know whether you're in our faith or not you can look at those and be like yeah something's wrong here and I think for us it has to do with like a lot of people just genuinely and in general I think personally people feel more threatened by you know a black man than a white man just in general and that's just I think that through a lot of the conversations I've had even with people I work with I think that 
how people perceive a black man to act and the prejudice that they have from the opinion and the you know thought that they had about somebody who is you know of a darker skin color before they're even approached by that man can just be you know seen that way so that's about it would you mind explaining some examples of modern day racism like because a lot of times people look at it as stuff they see in history books of things that they've seen happen or heard about uh, in history class either for yourself or on a kind of more general stance well i there's a lot of experiences i've had in racism because i grew up like i told you i'm from winder so i mean like a lot of a lot of where i grew up wasn't really that all that great there's one instance i've talked to rob about this like plenty of times but there's one instance that sticks out in my head and it was my very first experience with racism and obviously like my first experience we were both really young and I'm not saying this is like the kid's fault because I was in third grade. So like, you know, the kid obviously was just repeating what his dad was you know, saying to him. And so I just remember we're sitting just like how me and you were sitting across from each other. He was sitting across from me. I don't remember exactly what we were doing. And our teacher was to the side of us. And I just remember him looking at me and just saying, you know, my dad told me that all black people belong in jail. And it's because that they're this, they're that. And he starts just rattling off stuff his dad told him. And, dude, I was just in shock because it was the first time I've ever heard anything like that. Like, I grew up in a mixed family. So, like, my mom's white. I'm not fully black. My mom's white. And I have white cousins. I have black cousins. And my grandparents and my parents overall, they did a genuinely, like, a good job at terms of, like, not treating us. Obviously, they love us the same. But, you know, I never even realized that there was really a genuine difference between me and my cousins other than, like, you know, our appearance. And I didn't think that there was people out there that – genuinely just didn't like me or like my cousins because of our differences or my appearance specifically so yeah when he said that I just was in shock and I look over at my teacher and she's this like tall nice blonde lady she's super sweet and she's just crying and she just has tears falling down from her eyes and I remember that moment when I looked at her I started crying I was like what the heck is going on like <laughs> I, I'm in shock so she picks me up she sits me in her lap and she just starts showing me uh, pictures of black leaders. And he's like, you know, don't listen to that. You can become something one day. And yeah, so that made me feel a little better. I just stayed with her for the rest of the day. And I think that sparked up, you know, some hope in me. But more so than that, specifically like racism, I think that if I just sit here and just give you a bunch of my experiences, then, you know, I really can't glorify Christ in a specific way. I think that, you know, I can... I'm going to give you like, you know, obviously that was my first experience with racism and I can talk to you about how it shaped me growing up and then meeting Christ and then how my perspective has switched since I've become a follower of Jesus. So like, you know, growing up, obviously that experience shaped and a lot more of the experiences I had in middle school and high school shaped how I thought of myself specifically and my identity in the world and my thoughts and beliefs about others. But then when I met Christ, you know, Christ met me a lot of my perspective and it switched and my mind was renewed and I had a lot of what I didn't even perceive as hatred, but hatred in my heart. You know, I think that Christ, when he came and, you know, started working on me, the first thing he, his first intention was to, you know, fix my heart. You know, I, I had hate in my heart and we both know God is love. And I think one thing God spoke to me the other day, he was like, you know, hate and love can't co-inhabit in the temple. Like, you know, one has to go. And I realized in that moment, I'm looking back as a more mature Christian, but in that moment, like I realized, okay, hate has to leave. I have to start with forgiveness. I have to start with 
you know, prayer, which makes our faith actually, you know, as a foundational monument and foundational thing in our faith. I started praying, asking God to allow the hate that I was harboring in my heart to just leave and the forgiveness that I wanted to extend to people who have wronged me, who have hurt me to just come and the grace of God fall over both of us. And I think that more so than that, as I matured more, I've, I've stopped praying so much for people to stop, you know, saying racist things or having racist views or whatever. But now I'm like praying more for them to become righteous. I think that like if people become holy, if I sit here and pray for somebody to stop being racist all day, then, you know, it really doesn't matter. But if I sit here and pray for somebody to become holy, not only will racism leave, but, you know, things that they had the same way they were harboring hate in their heart will leave the same way they were har- not uh, walking in, you know, the forgiveness that Christ offers will, will now come. And I think that that's the main thing that, you know, I've learned as I've matured after all these experiences that, you know, Christ has allowed me to have and then meeting him and just working that and not allowing it to stop it just the experience, but allow the mature to be able to say, hey, not only do I want you to stop this sin, like all sins bad, right? And obviously some sins worse than others and they have, you know, worse disciplines than others. But, you know, I now want you to walk with God. Like, I don't want you to just stop being like, stop saying and doing bad things. But I want you to stop saying and doing bad things and follow Jesus. That's about the main, main thing with all that. So after all those experiences that Christ allowed me to have, it's the main thing I've grasped from that. So Truly, I'm speechless after that, Ty, because the way you put that was really profound and in a way that I hadn't really thought about it before that truly as Christians, we're looking to, to change the hearts of others and that that comes first so thank mm-hmm. you for expounding on that Amen. and i think that's such a good prayer like like that we can all join in as mm-hmm. as listeners uh, for you listeners that you can join in on is pray for holiness and pray for righteousness that's okay. good so uh, one of the bible verses that really speaks to this topic is genesis 26 to 27 and it goes then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And that's, I think that's really good. I mean, I think that kind of speaks to the whole basis of what the issue is, is that as Christians, we don't see that as true, is people that have racism in their heart, that they don't hold that to have any value that they don't believe that everyone is an image bearer of Christ and something I find interesting kind of in addition to this is it says our image and that's relating to the Holy like the Father Son and the Holy Spirit the Trinity and that we all are have our image bearers of all of them and I think that is something that really speaks to the root problem is that we're not seeing that as each of us as reminders of Christ. Because if we're, if we really believe that we're all image bearers of Christ, if we look up at, if I look at Ty or if I look at Nathan or if I look at Robert, I should all see image of Christ in that. And so I think that speaks to the, the root of the issue is that that is not taken seriously. One of my favorite truths from the Bible is the fact that it's God's heart for the nations. I mean, not just for one people group, or not just for one particular tribe or language or anything like that. It it is for everyone, for all nations. I see that from Genesis all the way to Revelations, like interwoven throughout every single book of the Bible. But I think it really caps off well 
with Revelations 7, 9. And this is the Apostle John having the vision of heaven. And he says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And I love this Bible verse because it really captures the idea that salvation, salvation, it belongs to God and he gifted it to all peoples and all languages and all tribes. And so when you see another person and going back to Genesis, another image bearer, another person who is made in the likeness of God and his will for the nations. Yeah, so another good verse that kind of applies to the same topic is Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, where it talks about the Great Commission and it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I just love how it includes all nations. And he didn't say things like, don't go, like, don't just go to this country. Don't go to like your town or your people. But he, he included the entire world in that gospel. So as well as making everybody in his image, the commission of Christ and the gospel and the love that Jesus provides should be and is available to everybody, which means everybody that God's made is an equal, amazing image of himself. So I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's super good. And like some people always get all like fixated on like, I don't know what my calling is. My calling is big thing, but we're all given the calling of the Great Commission. And so no matter who you are, if you are a believer in Christ, this applies to you. And so I think that is such a good verse to talk about with baptize go and make disciples and baptize of all nations i think that's so relevant and so important to today's issues that are going on with the racial divide okay so ty since this is the god venture podcast we're going to ask you how have you seen god in nature so how i've seen god in nature i think the other day i was listening to a sermon by judah smith and he said you know the point of nature is to reveal god's nature and in Revelation twenty one twenty three, it says, The city does not need the sun or, or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is like its lamp. And I think that for this verse to say, you know, the city doesn't need the sun or moon. Like, the glory of God is enough to give light. So, like, just imagine the sun. And that day we were on the fire tower. Like, the sun was beautiful. Like, the sunset was absolutely amazing. And to think that in that moment, like the glory of God in heaven one day is just more radiating than that will ever be. Like the glory of God in heaven and and on earth can be like the sun and is greater than the sun. The sun is nowhere near in comparison of that. So like, you know, when we look out to like, you know, great mountains and, you know, everything that God has created and to think that even... God created us, the little people here on earth, and designed us all the way down to our DNA. But then also to look at like the sun and everything else he's created and to think that the sun, even though it's radiating the whole world right now, can never radiate more than the glory of God. And in heaven, there's no need for a sun or moon. The glory of God is like a lamp. The lamb is literally Jesus. The lamb is like a lamp in heaven. So I don't know. It's just like the way I think of it in terms of that day it just sparked my like you know thought about it so that's good that's so good ty a lot of the stuff you talked about ty earlier where just 
examples of racism that happened to you or happened to people around you, that must take a toll on you. And so I want to ask, like, kind of how have you held on to God and how have you been encouraged and in this time? Just what have you tried to do to stay encouraged? I think what it took me to stay encouraged and, you know, the trials and the battles I faced in my life is the same thing that it takes to be encouraged you know, in any other Christian's life. I think the Bible, prayer, and just the presence of God overall is just what I've, it's been enough for me. I didn't need, you know, anything else. I didn't need like a pickup message every day or like, you know, some motivational speech or anything like that. I just needed to read the word and how I'm more than a conqueror in Christ and how like, you know, how the presence of God is enough. And that like, you know, looking at the lives of people in the Bible that, you know, especially in the Old Testament, like David, his life wasn't great all the time. Like his life kind of sucked at some points, but he knew that the presence of God was enough. And I think that for myself, the presence of God and just going daily and allowing God to actually produce the fruit in me to be able to handle these situations with patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness you know, peace, love, joy, all those things that, you know, we need as a Christian to be able to walk through life. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all. That's about it. Those three simple things, the presence, prayer, and the Bible. That's about it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Dude, Ty, that's so great. Presence, prayer, and Bible. Before we finish up, can you give a call to action to our listeners about this topic? I think that like the biggest thing we can do obviously is pray because you know when we pray we access the person who's created the heavens and the earth who created the mountains and sun and everything else in between so pray and I think specifically what we need to pray for is you know first the hearts of those who you know who have this hatred in their heart for people who don't look like them or think they're superior than others just solely because of the color of their skin something that they didn't even create themselves that God created so I think that the first thing we do is pray for them Second thing we do is pray for the kids who were once like me, like, you know, growing up and facing, you know, all these new challenges that they were never, you know, supposed to face in the first place. Um, so the kids experience racism. And third, pray for the kids that were on the other side of, you know, that, that kid that told me that in third grade. Like, that kid didn't know what he was saying, but who knows? He might have grown up and actually held on to the thoughts that he was taught as a kid. So third, pray for him because those kids need prayer just as much as I needed a prayer when I was a kid. So that's about it. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, sir. Yeah, something else I kind of wanted to ask is, say someone's listening that they feel like in the last year or so that when everything's kind of come out and just it's been, people really started thinking about like, man, what what have I been doing? Am I like, am I on the good side or the bad side in this? Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody that feels like they kind of open their eyes to maybe I'm part of the problem? If you follow Jesus close enough, you can't be part of the problem. Like you just, you just can't be like the same way. Like I was so immature in my faith, but I knew that there was a lot of stuff that was wrong in me. And I think that the closer we follow Jesus, the more we understand of how great we're actually not and how great he actually is and how much we actually need to depend on him. And yeah, so if you follow Jesus close enough, first of all, do you follow Jesus as a real question here? Then second of all, do you follow him truly and hold, hold strong to his word that everybody's created in? God, you hold strong in his word that there's no Jew or Gentile in you. And if you feel like you are, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing, you know, Matt can do, Rob can do, Nathan can do. There's only one person who can fix that problem. His name is Jesus. So that's, that's really good. I appreciate that. So we're going to close with Revelations 21, 24. And that's going to be kind of our next step that I think a little bit of what Ty was talking about where we need to pray. And that's going to be, we need to be guided by God and we need to be guided 
to him. And I think that is going to be the key to, to fixing this. And so what it says is, by its light will the nations walk and the king of the earth will bring their glory into it. And so I think that's, we need that light. We need that light to be able to know where we're going. And that light is Jesus. And as followers, we need to walk towards that. We need to bring other people towards it as well. And it says, will the nations walk? It doesn't say, will a certain nation walk? It, does, it says all nations. And so we all need to step into prayer. And we all need to step into some of the things Ty was talking about as far as prayer and trying to lean into our relationship with, with Jesus. Because if we're leaning into that, that's going to be fixing the problem. And Jesus is going to look at look at our hearts. He's going to convict anything that needs to be fixed. And if you are truly following him. And so I think that's really just a glimpse of what heaven's going to look like. And I appreciate y'all for having me on here and just being able to you know, talk to y'all. Thank y'all for being you know, such great friends. And I finally made it. My mom made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Ty. We really appreciate you uh, coming to talk about this because it's really, really important. And so we would like to ask you to close us in prayer if everyone would join us. Yeah, bro. Let's pray. God, first of all, we would just want to thank you for you, Lord. We want to thank you for being the creator of the heavens and the earth, God, being the creator of every soul living here on earth, God. God, before we were even a thing here on earth, God, you were already dwelling perfectly fine, God. And then you created us, God, not because you needed us, God, not because, you know, you, you anything more than you desired a, a relationship with your creation, Lord. So we just want to thank you, God. We want to glorify you in all that we do, Lord. So empower us, God. Enable us, God. Holy Spirit, would you just dwell in us and allow pull us closer, God, and just allow us to just experience you, Lord, and all the things that you've created, Lord. So we just thank you for that, God. And Lord, there's a lot of people who are living out opposite of what you're actually calling them to, Lord. And those people may think that they're better. Those people also may think that they're worse. And regardless of what it is, God, you are calling people to you, Lord. So I just pray in this moment, God, that people start to receive the call, Lord. I pray in this moment, Lord, that people hear the sound of, of heaven, the sound of their Father perfectly and uniquely calling them, Lord, by name. So, God, we just thank you for the ability to, you know, be in your presence, God. And we just thank you for those, the souls and the people you've created. And, God, we pray for those who may feel like they're weaker or less than because of the racism and everything else they've experienced here on earth, God. We pray for those who are on the other side of that and who have been taught since a child, God, opposite of what you have aligned in our heart, God, that they're better or that they're made different and unique, God. We're different and unique in the way that you've called us, not different and unique in the way the world says that we're superior because of those reasons. Lord, so we just thank you so much for, for what you can do, Lord, in us, through us, God. And we just pray that you empower and enable us as your church, God, to be mobile on our feet for Christ, God, day in and day out, regardless of what the topic is, Lord. You're calling us to, to more and to better in your presence, God. All for your glory, Jesus, in your name, amen.